Welcome to the podcast of the Las Vegas Rotary Club. My name is Jim Cole, and I'm proud to be the 96th president of Las Vegas Rotary. Las Vegas Rotary's main focus is on youth, specifically youth literacy and life skill development. If you're in town, we invite you to join us at the Lowry's Prime Rib at noon on Thursdays. You can also find more information about our meetings on lasvegasrotary.com. If you're unable to join us, we live stream our meetings on Facebook at noon Pacific time Thursdays. We hope you enjoy this podcast. Thank you, President Jim. Uh, our speaker today, Frank Mack, is the executive producer of the Utah Shakespeare Festival. He just took over that position in September of 2017, and so far he's already doing an outstanding job of building on the great foundation that Fred Adams laid 57 years ago at the Utah Shakespeare Festival. Frank has been involved in theater for over 37 years and in management since 1987. Before he came to Utah, he led the Connecticut Repertory Theater and taught arts administration at the University of Connecticut, where he also launched two graduate-level arts administration programs. Uh, he's also served as managing director at California Shakespeare Festival in Berkeley. That had to be fun. Um, <laughs> the Jiva Theater in Rochester, New York, New Jersey Shakespeare Festival, as well as a management consultant with several theaters and organizations. Um, Frank is friendly, approachable, has a great business mind, and he loves making new friends. So be sure and say hi when you're in Cedar City in a couple weeks. Please welcome Frank Mack. Thank you, Ginger, um, and thank you to everyone for inviting me here. It's a joy to be here. I'm a recovering Rotarian myself. Uh, I used to be a member in, uh, in the East Bay of San Francisco when I was at the California Shakespeare Theater, um, so it's really a joy to be here. And um, before I, I have a little presentation I'll go through, but I always, I always start by mentioning that I wouldn't be here, I wouldn't be in Cedar City, none of the amazing stuff that happens at the Utah Shakespeare Festival would, would be happening without uh, the vision of our founder, Fred C. Adams. Some of you may know Fred. Uh, he couldn't make it today, but he wanted me to send his regards. Um, he's uh, kind of a towering figure in the industry, the, uh, the, uh, professional nonprofit theater nationally, and he created something very special in Cedar City, Utah. Um, and I'm also just curious, how many folks have been to the Shakespeare Festival all right, that's great. I love seeing that. And I think we have um, three former members of our Board of Governors here. Ginger Anderson, thank you. Um, Tom Thomas, and I believe Tom Axtell. Thanks. I haven't met Tom, but thank you for being on our board. <laughs> um, so I'll just go through a little bit and just try to share with you a little bit about what the Utah Shakespeare Festival is about. I know the Rotary is planning a trip September 7th, and I really hope everybody comes because it's really joyful. Um, there we go. We're at the uh, Beverly Taylor Sorensen Center for the Arts, which is at Southern Utah University in Cedar City. Um, and I thought I'd start by just sh starting with a short video. I hope the audio works.
That's bread. That's Fred. That was King Henry, and this is Lady Macbeth. So that's what the Shakespeare Festival looks like. Uh, for those of you who hadn't seen it, it's really a beautiful sight. Cedar City is a lovely town, and you can see it's kind of a joyful place to come and immerse yourself in a Shakespeare performance. But we also do um, many different types of performance, not just Shakespeare. Uh, we do class other classical theater and contemporary theater as well. Um, and this is our mission. Um, the Utah Shakespeare Festival presents life-affirming classic and contemporary plays in repertory with Shakespeare as our cornerstone. These plays are enhanced by interactive festival experiences with, which entertain, enrich, and educate. The key, one of the key words in there is repertory. Everybody knows what we mean by repertory? Uh, it, no, <laughs> okay. So repertory is a way of producing theater where you open a whole bunch of plays at once. So we rehearse six plays and we open them in three days. The reason we do that is because we're a destination theater, and if we were just doing one play at a time, a lot of people might not come all the way to Cedar City just to see one show and go home. But this way, um, as of two weeks from now, we'll have eight plays going at once. So when you come to Cedar City, you can see a 2 o'clock, an 8 o'clock, a 2 o'clock, an 8 o'clock, and I'll talk also about all the other services we provide that are all free that um, include seminars, discussions, workshops, and interactions with the artists um, and, and the green show. When you saw the, the young people out there dancing and the people sitting on the lawn, we call that a green show. And that's free for everybody. And that happens before the outdoor theater performances at every, every time we have an outdoor theater show. But it's also big business. Um, it's really quite a big operation, bigger than sometimes people recognize. The festival has about a $6.5 million annual budget and it contributes approximately $35 million annually to the economy of Cedar City, Utah. So while it's loads of fun and the plays are great, and we certainly don't want anybody thinking about economic impact when the lights go down and Falstaff starts doing his thing, 
It is, uh, for, for a group with a lot of business folks here, I think it's worth mentioning that this is actually a, it's a pretty big operation. Um, you can see the number of people that are, that are on, our, on our grounds in the evenings, and that's another shot of the Green Show, by the way. Um, and we have about 300 seasonal employees um, and about 30 year-round staff members. So our seasonal employees are comprised, uh, we use um, union artists. So AEA stands for Actors' Equity Association. So our actors and stage managers are member of the Professional Union for Actors. USA stands for United Scenic Artists. Those are our designers. They're all members of the union. And our directors are members of the Society of Directors and Choreographers. So it's very high-quality, pro professionally produced theater. Um, and you can just tell by looking at it, that's a picture of the Green Show, that there's got to be a lot of economic activity because that's a lot of people in Cedar City gathering, and that happens six nights a week. All of this is led artistically by a guy named Brian Vaughn, whom some of you may know. Brian started in the Green Show as a student at Southern Utah University in 1991. And he went away for a while. He worked in the company as an actor at Milwaukee Rep and various theaters across the country. And he's come back to lead the theater as its artistic director. So as the executive producer, my job is really administration, finance, marketing, fundraising, all the good stuff. Brian just bits to pick the plays and cast the actors. So he's got the dull job. Um, but it's really quite an extraordinary job, and he's an extraordinary artist, and um, he leads the decision-making uh, when it comes to all the artistic decisions, and as an arts organization, of course, those are the key decisions. And this is sort of what it looks like when the lights go down. This is from Merry Wives of Windsor, which is playing this year. I know Rotary is very uh, committed to education, um, and so is the Utah Shakespeare Festival. It's part of our mission. We serve about 20,000 students in school every year with our Shakespeare in the Schools tour. We put together a one-hour version of a play. Last year it was The Tempest. Next year it'll be um, Macbeth. We hire professional actors and we send them out on a tour. They go to five different states, including Nevada. And they'll be here in February at a bunch of schools. Um, I think at uh, there's a Southern Utah, no, Southern Nevada College that I'm not familiar with, but I know we're there. We'll, we'll be there, and schools will come to the college and see performances. We also have 3,500 high school students from all over the country, but principally from the West, who will come and compete in this uh, Shakespeare competition we have every year. They'll do Shakespeare scenes. They'll do sonnets. They'll do design competitions. Um, and it's they really want to win. It's quite an intense competition. And the winners get scholarships to Southern Utah University. Um, we also do a whole variety, too many to mention here, of on-site education programs, acting classes, directing classes, classes for teachers to teach Shakespeare, et cetera. So very active in education. There we go. And there's some happy kids enjoying Shakespeare. And we also teach them violence. You can see that uh, this is a stage combat class. They're practicing with uh, pool noodles to begin with, and then they'll graduate to that scary stuff in the foreground. So when you come to the Shakespeare Festival, people come for an immersion experience. They come to Cedar City, which is a beautiful town. It's 20 degrees cooler than Las Vegas during the summer. 
It's at 6,000 feet elevation. Um, there's pretty mountains all, all around. But in addition to seeing the wonderful plays we produce, there's all this other stuff going on. We start at 9 in the morning with a seminar talking about the plays we did last night. Then we did at 10 o'clock, we talk about some plays we're doing today. We have workshops with our, on how, to, how we make props, how we make wigs and facial hair, how we make uh, scenery and costumes. Um, we have talkbacks with the actors in the seminar grove where um, audience members get to engage directly with the actors. Um, we have this thing called Backstage Tour, which I have a little video that I'll show, and lots of cool workshops. And all of this is free. Actually, Backstage Tours and Rep Magic, um, those are $8 tickets, I should say. But the rest of everything else is free. Um, and that's what the seminar grove looks like. And it's really just loads of fun to see a play and then talk about it with the audience the next day. And we have visiting scholars that will lead those conversations who are experts in Shakespeare and uh, theater performance. Um, this is what it looks like when we change over a play. Oh, okay. Um, I didn't get the video to run. Let me see if I can try that again. I'm not sure how to run that video, but it's just a time-elapse video of how we take one set. So the play comes, the matinee comes down at 4.30, and we have an 8 o'clock show. So we have this huge group of people come in, rapidly change everything. They take one set, they put it away, they bring another set out, they change the lights, sound, everything. It's, it's a massive changeover. It's kind of a show unto itself. So, you know, coming to the Shakespeare Festival is loads of fun. It's very unique. There are not many repertory theaters in the country. So there's lots of theaters that call themselves repertory theaters. I worked at Connecticut Repertory Theater. Pretty much every state has a repertory theater. But their reference, that reference to repertory, it means a canon of literature, a, repertory of, a repertoire of literature. But in our case, it means rotating rep, where we change the plays. We do a different play. We'll often do four, days, four shows a day, two shows at 2 o'clock, change them both over, and do two shows at 8 o'clock. Um, so that really is quite unique. We don't see that much anymore. There's a handful of repertory companies left in the United States. Um, and it's brilliant. And I say that without being self-conscious because I didn't write the plays Shakespeare did. And Shakespeare was brilliant. Um, I think it's fair to say. Uh, his work is deep and entertaining and fun. It's bawdy. And above all, it's insight into who we are as people. Nobody, I don't think, has ever more successfully depicted human, the human condition than William Shakespeare. His plays are endlessly interesting, and his insights and his use of language are timeless. We, generally, we have no idea uh, how many phrases are in our common lexicon that were written by Shakespeare. I'll just give you one example. We're doing Othello right now, and there's a reference in there to um, jealousy as, a green, as the green-eyed monster. Now, we hear the green-eyed monster as a cliche all the time. Thank you, William Shakespeare. He gave us a lot of those. And that's the other theater. That's our indoor Taylor theater, the Beverly. Uh, that's the Randall Jones Theater. And you can see, maybe you can barely see, there's a big Roman on the side. 
That was when we did Julius Caesar. And I just want to also say thank you again to Ginger Anderson for inviting me today. And this is what you'll see at the magnificent Cedar City Airport, which has two flights a day to Salt Lake City. Uh, festival city, uh, because uh, it really is a city that's built around a festival. So thank you, and I think, were we okay on time to do a few questions? Great. Fred Smith used to come here year after year after year to give us a presentation. I don't know how long ago that has gone back to, but I've been in this club 34 years, so at yeah. least 20 or 30 times. Fred is amazing. As I said, he was a true visionary. Highway 15 um, was originally planned to go 30 miles north of Cedar City, and then I believe in the early 1960s. Fred Adams just had the nerve, the chutzpah, to go up to Salt Lake City and to tell the, the, the whatever department that is, uh, the department that makes highways, motor vehicles or the highways division. But he went to Salt Lake City and he said, you need to bring Highway 15 through Cedar City because I'm going to build a Shakespeare festival there. And they believed him. And then he did it. So it really completely changed the future. So um, I will pass along to him your regards. And as I said, he has come here. He loves this rotary and was, uh, wanted me to sh pass along his, um, his regards today. Yeah, Fred is a terrific actor, director, and basically a visionary. Well, uh, what is the relationship between the Shakespeare Festival and the university? So we're, a, we're an auxiliary unit of Southern Utah University. We operate independently of the university in many ways. We don't grant degrees. We don't teach uh, students at the university. Uh, but we're part of the university itself. So the organizational structure of the festival is that we have the staff of the festival. It's, it's led by the executive producer, the artistic director principally, and its founder, Fred Adams. Um, and we have a board of governors. The board is an advisory board to the university because the university only has one board. So our board functions like the board of other theaters. It approves our budget, approves our season, uh, provides oversight, and uh, helps us with fundraising. But the ultimate decisions are made by the president of the university. For example, the approval of our budget is recommended by our board, and the president of the university approves it. So we're on the university grounds. We're part of the university. We're all state employees, but we're we function a little bit separately. I report to the president, for example, of the university, and everyone who works there is part of the university. Does that sort of help? Yeah, the festival functions like a regional nonprofit theater company, and many of them are actually parts of universities in Nobody really knows because we don't really publicize that. It's not, not that we're trying to hide it, but it's just not really relevant to why you would want to come and see a show here. It's sort of an administrative um, structure. Uh, but many, many theater companies are either actually part of a university or connected to them. Um, most of the Ivies have professional theater companies with them. American Repertory Theater at Harvard, 
uh, the MacArthur Theater at Princeton, and so on. You'll, you'll see that very, it's a very common administrative relationship. It enriches the university. It fills part of the university's mission for public engagement um, and the, the advancement of knowledge and so forth. But um, on the day-to-day -day operational basis, there's very little engagement that way, except, well, facilities. The university waters the plants, for example. You know, a lot of the facilities stuff is, is done directly by the university. But in the rehearsal hall, uh, Brian Vaughn is the artistic director, and the university plays no part in deciding, you know, whether Hamlet wants to kill himself or not. That's up to Brian and the actor playing Hamlet. And Shakespeare, yeah. He has a line at the end, to be. Uh, spoiler alert. Uh, <laughs> any other questions? So this is your first year. You're new. You have perspectives from other states. Uh, you've described the program there. After a couple of years, what kinds of changes do you think you'll bring, and, and what's on your dream list of what you wish you can bring to the experience in Cedar City? Um, so that's, that's a big question, Tom. Thank you. Um, <laughs> for me, the first, the first job is to make sure that the, that the, the art is great, that William Shakespeare's voice and all the voice of all the writers we're producing is loud and clear and it's interesting and it's fun and exciting for people to see it. So that means we have to build an administrative infrastructure behind it to make sure that the plays are good. So the purpose of the administration work is to make the plays better, always. And for me that means fundraising, marketing, finance, administration. Uh, I've got to make sure that the festival is financially healthy that means we need to have an operating surplus every year because if we don't, like any other business, we would slowly perish or rapidly. Um, so depending on the size of it, so you don't ever want to have a deficit. Um, the festival has had some deficits and we're currently forecasting a surplus for this year. And for me, that's the goal right now is to make it financially stable, to build a solid foundation uh, we have a very small endowment. Would love to see that grow. We don't have a lot of legacy giving or planned giving that I hope to see increase and build over time. And to build our base of donors. We have wonderful, wonderful supporters of the festival, people who are very committed to its long-term um, health and success. And so it's building and strengthening and sustaining those relationships to make the festival financially sound so that Brian and the artists in the rehearsal hall have the resources they need to express the creativity as fully as they can. It's hard for me to say because I've been here about a year, but generally I think it's great because there's a, there's a lot of research into arts attendance, why people go to the arts and why they don't. And one, one, one subcategory of that research has consistently shown the more arts are happening in a community or an area, the more people go to it. 
So arts organizations don't really compete with each other. What happens is if there's a bunch of cool stuff happening in southern Utah, of all places, but there it is. Now there's Tuacon, which is doing some pretty incredible stuff on this massive scale in this beautiful environment, although it can be a little hot. Um, it's um, actually, people don't tend to say, well, I'm not going to go to Shakespeare. I'm going to go to Tuacon instead. That generally, I'm sure it happens sometimes, but it generally doesn't happen. What people tend to do is, there's some neat stuff in southern Utah. Let's go to both. So we see more people crossing over who will go. They'll see a show in, U in Tuacon and stay in St. George. Then they'll come 40 minutes up the road to Cedar City, see a bunch of shows with us. So I just think it helps. I just think it, it helps build the idea that Cedar City, uh, St. George, southern Utah is a cool place to go for arts. We see a lot of nonprofits growing in Cedar City. Private galleries. Um, there's another... Uh, uh, theater company there, the Neil Simon Festival, doing plays by Neil Simon and other contemporary writers. Um, and people just kind of want to consume it all because they don't have to just pick one. So it's different than like consumer products where if you're shopping for toothpaste, you pick one tube of toothpaste and then you don't buy toothpaste again until you need it. Arts is different. You can go to both and a lot of people tend to. And the more that's going on, the more people tend to go. Thank you very much for coming. We greatly appreciate it. Um, before we go, I'd like to give you the Share What You Can Award, which uh, we will donate a meal to a needy veteran in your name. Thank you so much for coming and sharing the uh, Utah Shakespeare Festival with us. Great. Thank you, President Jim. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. Awesome smile. Thanks. As we leave here today, let's go forth into the world in peace. Be of good courage. Hold fast to that which is good. Render to no one. Evil for evil. Strengthen the faint-hearted. Support the weak. Help the afflicted. Honor all persons. Love and serve each other. Rejoicing in the fellowship of Rotary. Be people of action. Be the inspiration. We hope you enjoyed this podcast of our latest meeting. If you'd like to know more about our projects or are interested in membership in the club, please visit us at lasvegasrotary.com. Now go forth and be the inspiration.